Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome, everyone, to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross. Novak Djokovic is your champion at Wimbledon 2022. His seventh at the All England Club, his fourth in a row, his 21st major title. Four-set win in the final over Nick Kyrgios. And this will be the most in-depth breakdown on the internet. So many things to get into in terms of uh, the technical dynamics in this match. But I just want to say off the bat, I I really enjoyed this final. I thought it was a really good representation of what both of these players can do on the court. There were a lot of fantastic moments, drama-filled moments, really great points in this one. It was all you could really ask for, at least all I could ask for. Now, for Djokovic, on the Djokovic side of things, just to start, I thought it was an incredible performance from him. Really, really good. I can't find much to criticize here. I'll just say that right now, right off the top. You put a check mark next to almost every aspect of the game for what Novak was able to do on the court in this final. I, I can't call it like one of the great, I don't want to be hyperbolic and call it one of the great performances of his career because he probably wouldn't wasn't pushed hard enough to to get it to that level. But this was everything that makes Novak Djokovic great. It was right here in this match. And the very fact that you can't poke holes in it is is part of that equation. And on the Nick Kyrgios side of things, I think if you're asking him to play four sets without a dip in concentration, without a hiccup and a batch of mistakes, you're probably asking too much. And other than the criticism that you could levy for a couple of moments in this match in particular, there is uh, very little to me that that you can say negatively about what Nick Kyrgios was able to do. He was outclassed in certain areas that he's just not on Djokovic's level in set areas. So I was really happy with the performance that Nick Kyrgios put in here. And I think that the only thing that distracted from Nick Kyrgios's level was his constant bickering at his own box for the most part. I mean, there was a little bit to uh, Renaud Lichtenstein in the chair, a little bit towards the crowd, but mostly to his box. But if you're just focusing on what was happening during the points, Kyrgios was really good. 
I think Kiro showed that he belonged in this final. So, with those opening remarks, let's get into this match. We were so excited to see the Kirio serve against the Djokovic return. Two, two best strengths toe-to-toe when these two take the court against one another. We were really excited to see that. And I just want to start by answering the question, well, what was the difference in the first set and the second, third, and fourth? Kyrgios won- wins the first set 6-4. Djokovic wins the next three sets 6-3, So let's just start with answering that question. What was the difference between the first set and the next three? In that battle between the Kyrgios serve and the Djokovic return, in the first set, Kyrgios' serve, it won. It was that good. It was incredible, Kyrgios' serve in the first set. If you look at average speeds, set one was Nick's highest, averaging 126 miles per hour on the first serve. It was only down from there. 121, 124, 122 in the next three sets. If you look at percentage, how many was he getting in? In set one, 77% in, only downhill from there. 71, 73, 71. Points one, 80% in set one on Nick's first serve. 16 for 20. Downhill from there. In set two, 60. 66. 74 in set four. So it was a kind of a bounce back in set four, but not quite as good as it was in set one. Um, so... Nick serving went down a little bit. Djokovic also just, he got a read. He got a read. So not only, I think, do you have Kyrgios' best serving set in set one, there's also a tendency, and this is especially true when you're talking about Novak Djokovic, there's a tendency for the returner to get more comfortable as the match goes on, to just begin to read it a quarter second earlier And there was a point in this match where Djokovic's return just clicked into place. And from that point forward, from that point forward, I felt Novak is probably putting too many returns back into play with quality than is going to be comfortable for Nick. The rest of the match from the second set forward, I just got the feeling that Djokovic was returning a little too well for Kyrgios to have a chance to win the match. And the turning point was at 1-2. Let's go to the film. This is Laval. First serve out wide. Djokovic makes Kyrgios hit a half volley from the baseline. Love 15. Kyrgios goes up the tee. Djokovic stretched out on the forehand again. He makes Kyrgios hit a jumping backwards backhand from behind the baseline. Now it's love 30. After Novak wins that point, Kyrgios serves it out wide. This isn't as good a spot. You can see Djokovic isn't quite as stretched out. And Novak hits a return deep middle once again. Kyrgios has to hit a baseline half volley on his backhand. Now it's love 40. This is his worst serve. This this serve was pretty bad. 
Um, you can see, by the way, 130 miles per hour, though, on the previous one. I uh, love 40, up the tee, and again, Djokovic hits a return hard up the middle of the court. Nick Kyrgios is off of his back foot, unable to attack the plus one ball. So that's the break of serve. Djokovic would go up 3-1 in the second set, and from that point on, the Djokovic return, I think, got the better of that battle that we were all so excited to see the Kyrgios serve against the Djokovic return. Novak's return did get the last laugh. Now, for the, the rest of this breakdown, as I go through the remainder of the tactical keys and the return of serve, I'm not done with the return of serve yet. For the rest of the breakdown, though, I am going to key in on two games in particular, the two most important games of the match. Two most important games of the match were both 40-love situations. The first one was in the second set when Djokovic was serving out the set and he was down love 40. The second game that I'm going to highlight was in the third set at 4-all and Kyrgios was up 40-love to go up 5-4. Those are both games that Novak came back from behind in, crucially, at the end of these sets, and he would end up winning both of the sets, as is very much clear. So, I'll take you through those games point by point at the end, but until then, I'm just going to go through these tactical keys in this match and notice the points that I'm choosing from that I will show you vis visually, they are all from those two games. So let's go to this four-all game in the uh, in the third set. Djokovic, stretch return, jams Kyrgios because he goes deep middle with depth, and now Novak gets a forehand inside in, clean winner. This is game point 40-30 in, uh, in the third set for Nick to go up 5-4. Now let's go to what was happening from the back of the court. Djokovic, again, we wrapped that up. The Novak return was excellent in this match. Back of the court, from the baseline, Novak started to really dominate. I think in the first set, Kyrgios' shot tolerance maybe caught Djokovic off guard a little bit. And Nick was moving well and was very consistent from behind the baseline. There's no doubt about that. And he was able to to ride that to some pretty decent success from the back of the court in the first set. That dried up in the second set and moving forward. Forehand to forehand. Novak's better. He hits the ball bigger. He gets way more penetration on his forehand side. And when he got Nick on the run on his forehand side, Kyrgios' forehand tends to get a little loopy and slow and can drop short. So what Novak really wanted to do was to go hard to Kyrgios' forehand, get that cross-court loop, get that short ball, and attack from there. Kyrgios' forehand is somewhat unthreatening unless he's inside the court. 
unless he can move forward, take time away. When he gets it inside the court, it can be pretty precise. He can be pretty good with it, gets good angles. But when when he's pinned behind the baseline or when he's on the run, his forehand is pretty unthreatening. Novak's is a lot bigger and a lot more damaging. So it's the backhand to backhand that Nick wanted in this match. That's where he had a much better chance of success. And he was counting on Novak Djokovic's backhand to be a safe haven. He was counting on being able to slow ball the Djokovic backhand and to play patiently to Novak's backhand and to use variety to it and to find something to attack by going to Djokovic's backhand. That didn't happen for him. I thought this was an exceptional backhand performance from Djokovic. And while the forehand-to-forehand edge was predictable and Nick knew it and Novak knew it and Nick was going to try to get out of that and not give Novak that, that's not what I feel like the checkmate was. The checkmate in this match was backhand-to-backhand where if you watch Kyrgios throughout this tournament all fortnight long, he was beating his right-handed opponents backhand to backhand very solidly. Was bothering them with his flat, low, skidding, penetrating, oftentimes deep, oftentimes angled backhand cross court. But Djokovic was really getting the last laugh here. So it was the control from Novak sideline to sideline. And the drop shot. Between all of those things and the depth when he was driving the ball. Between all of those things and just the way he had a command of his backhand in this match. That was that was a killer for Nick because he so badly wanted to be able to go toe-to-toe with Djokovic's backhand in this match. And he couldn't. Let's go to this 5-3 game again. Second set here. Djokovic is down break point. This is after he's already uh, come back from down uh, love 40, but now Kyrgios won the point at deuce. Nick hits a, I think it was a slice through the middle here. Novak backhand cross court. It's really strong. It's very well controlled. Kyrgios open stance backhand cross court. Djokovic now has some open court in the front court because he's pulled Kyrgios wide and pushed him back. And now Novak goes to the drop shot down the line. And Kyrgios puts this one in the net as he can barely get to it. And he shovels it, tries to shovel it cross court, and it goes into the net. Novak's drop shot, everybody. Huge, huge factor. And in combination, it was usually behind his backhand cross court. So big, deep backhand cross court. Nick goes back cross court. Backhand drop shot down the line from Novak. That was the pattern. He had incredible control and execution of his backhand drop shot. It was a key. Now we go to the very next point. It's Deuce. Novak. Backhand cross court. Heavy. Controlled. Good good width on it. Nick goes cross court. 
Nick hits a good cross-court backhand here. Now Djokovic changes direction, open stance, down the line, just impeccably controlled. Brilliant depth, pretty close to the sideline, about a foot away from the sideline, and it's got a lot of heat on it. And Nick is stretched out. He has to try to hit a defensive slice forehand, and it floats long. Novak gets add in, hits a service winner. There is the second set. Boom. Look at that. Look at that backhand control. Incredible. So that was a major key. All in all, I just want to say, we don't often say that Djokovic builds an advantage as a superior power baseliner, but that's kind of what it looked like from the back of the court. Kind of looked like Djokovic was just bigger from both wings and could do more damage from behind the baseline, far more damage from behind the baseline than Nick could. It seemed felt like Nick just needed to get in order to hit through Novak and his defense and his speed, Nick really needed to get through the midcourt and to come forward to try to find a short ball that he could work his transition game on because from behind the baseline, Novak is the had the more damaging ground strokes and hits bigger from, from both wings and never missed. You know, he just wasn't missing in sets two, three, and and four especially. The unforced errors were comically low from the baseline. Another key to this match was Novak's serve to the Kyrgios forehand. 5-3, love 40. Triple break point for Nick. Serve to the forehand. Nick nets it. 15-40, next point. Oh no, did it? Do I not have it? Okay, technical glitch here, but serve to the forehand. You can see the aftermath that went way wide. That brought it to 30-40. Just for good measure, snuck this one in here, breaking the rule. 5-6, 30-all. Kyrgios two points away from winning the fourth set. Serve out wide. Shank return by Nick. Again, Djokovic's slice serve. Big key. Slice serve to Kyrgios' forehand. Got a lot of purchase off of that. Now, before we delve into those two games, those 240 love comebacks, there's definitely a mental component here. Djokovic is able to achieve what every tennis player would love to achieve and wants to achieve. You want to be able to play every point pretty much the same. You want to have a short-term memory. You don't want to be thinking about what's in the past other than taking technical technical notes and making adjustments um, if necessary. And regardless of what the scoreboard says, you want to come into every point with the same amount of mental focus. No tennis player can really truly do that. It's impossible. Nadal comes pretty close. Djokovic comes pretty close. Kyrgios does not. He's constantly playing the scoreboard. He's playing shots that 
you you say, oh, well, that's a 40 love shot. He's down big in this game, and he wouldn't have gone for that shot if it were 30 all. He will also have moments where he becomes frustrated with the way the previous points played out, and that frustration will leak into the point he's playing, points he plays in the future. So he plays the scoreboard, and he doesn't have good composure when things go against him, and he can make some poor decisions. So there were a couple of moments in this match, two in particular, where I was particularly disgusted with with Nick. And I give him an A- minus for his performance. He loses his points here. The reason it's an A- minus and not an A, because it's close to his A for me, it's an A- minus because there were a couple of moments and just a few points where he tapped out. He tapped out mentally. And one of those moments were at 4-all, where he had a first serve to Djokovic's backhand. The return was pretty short and very handleable. And in one of the most important points of the match, break point at 4-all, Kyrgios hits a, a really hard backhand straight into the net off of a, on a first ball. A, a ball he just didn't have. When you watch him hit it, you can tell his head it just isn't in it. I don't know what he's trying to do with the ball, but he he hit it like 90 miles per hour right into the net, and and that's a ball that it doesn't call for for a lot of pace. He shouldn't have hit it hard. You know he has a he's he has Djokovic pretty out of position here, and. You, you probably want to go down the line here just precise. doesn't need to be hard. Uh, go down the line here and, and come in. And if you're going to go cross court, that's okay too. You hope to maybe wrong foot Novak, but he just tried to clobber this backhand. He tried to crush it. And it looked like he was trying to take his frustration out on the ball. And I think he was because he had just blown 40 love and he had just double faulted at deuce. Um... The other part of the match that I was disgusted with was 4-1 in the fourth set tiebreak when, again, Kyrgios had just lost two points on his serve, but he got into this rally here. He made a good first serve return on Djokovic's serve. Djokovic trades a forehand cross court, and it's quality. It's a quality trade, and Kyrgios is clearly frustrated about the last two points that didn't go his way, and he slaps a forehand down the line, total bailout, premature trigger pull, hits the net, never had a chance, would make it 5% of the time. I'll be kind because Kyrgios is so talented, and I'll say 15% of the time, and Djokovic is up 5-1 in the fourth set tiebreak. Unacceptable. Unacceptable garbage mental points from Kyrgios. Garbage mental points. There's no sugarcoating it. You watch those shots, and you say, Nick, that's that's mental weakness right there. So um, that's why it's an A minus. The reason it's not it's not worse than an A minus is because there weren't that many of those moments. I'm showing you 
pretty much the the two here that I was really that I thought Nick was was horrific. Those were the two. The last thing I want to say before we go point by point, I meant to make this point after talking about Djokovic's backhand and how he outmatched and outdueled Kyrgios from the back of the court. Uh, Nick did, Nick did change his tactics in sets three and four. After he realized Novak was never going to miss, he wasn't going to beat him on on rally tolerance or consistency. Uh, the backhand to backhand wasn't working. The forehand to forehand wasn't working. He was completely outclassed from the back of the court. Curios got Curios got pretty anxious to avoid baseline rallies. He did that by upping his his net approaches significantly, mixing in serve and volley, and coming forward at every single instinct pos- instincts possible, and also going huge on the second serve, having to go huge on the second serve, knowing. If Djokovic hits a neutralizing return and I can't attack the plus one ball, I am in trouble because of how machine-like and extraordinary Djokovic is playing from the back of the court. And those two things are also themes that I want to point out before I get into the into this point by point. So you have more double faults because Kyrgios is having to go big and he hits seven double faults in this match. Um, you have more double faults and you have sometimes some irresponsible net approaches. And let me just, since I have the stats, I might as well back up what I'm saying. Um, net points one for Nick, uh, seven in set one, five for seven, four in set two, two for four. Then you're going to see that number go up. So seven and four. Set three is where you're going to see the adjustment. He comes to the net 10 times in set three. He comes to the net 13 times in set four. And it's four of 10 in the third set. So pretty inefficient. And it's eight of 13 in set four. But keep in mind, now we're going to go through these games. Keep in mind all the things we've discussed. We've discussed backhand backhand perfection from Djokovic. Baseline domination leading to double faults and over-anxious net approaches. We've discussed Djokovic serves to the forehand. We've discussed Djokovic, Djokovic's return of serve deep middle um, being incredibly disruptive. And we've discussed Kyrgios' mental cracks. Now we're ready to go through these uh, crucial 40-love comebacks. 5-3, second set. Djokovic is serving for it. Here we go. It's love 40. Djokovic serves to the Kyrgios forehand. Return is netted to the forehand. 15-40, I showed you that point. 15-40, Djokovic. Out wide serve on the deuce side. Slider out wide to the Kyrgios forehand. Miss hit, missed return. I showed you that one as well. Now it's 30-40. 30-40 was a neutral baseline rally. Kyrgios got tight and actually made a backhand unforced error. Hit it into the net. Looked really tight. 
very few times how did I see that in the match. That was and when I I put in my notes, that's the first deceleration that I've seen from Nick. Nick had been very consistent from the back of the court. Um and that was the first time he looked really tight. Okay, it's Deuce. Djokovic serves to the backhand this time. Didn't work. Great return, Kyrgios. And Djokovic hits a forehand cross-court trade just long by a smidge. Unforced error. Break point. Break point for Nick. Fourth of the game. Backhand to backhand rally. Lots of slice. Nick's going patient to the backhand, to the backhand, to the backhand. Djokovic hits a great one cross-court. Down the line drop shot forces the error. I showed you that point. Break point saved. Now it's deuce. Another rally. Backhand to backhand, just like Nick wants. Djokovic backhand cross court. Backhand down the line. Combination forces the air. I showed you that one. That was the open stance, the brilliant backhand down the line. Um, from about five feet behind the baseline. Open stance, perfectly placed into the corner. Great depth, great power. Service winner wraps it up. And Djokovic wins the second set, 6-3. Now let's go to the third set. It's 4-all. Kyrgios, ace out wide, ace out wide, service winner out wide, 40-love. Looking like an easy hold, huh? Looking like an easy hold. At 40-love, Nick misses his first serve. And then he hits like a kick, kick to the backhand, serve and volley, kind of a safe second serve. It it felt a bit like a like a kamikaze serve and volley. Anyway, uh, Kyrgios makes an amazing first volley. Then he hits a poor second volley, and Djokovic has an easy forehand pass down the line for a winner. So okay, I put that into the bucket of reckless net approaches. I I didn't. It just didn't feel like a high percentage play there. Because especially 40 love, you'd think Djokovic isn't going to hit a safe return down 40 love. He's going to be aggressive on the return. So you hit a weak second serve and you come in behind it, it's probably not going to work. 40-15. Kyrgios makes a good first serve and gets a pretty short return. Hits a forehand inside in approach. Djokovic guesses correctly and hits a good forehand cross-court pass. The pass, um, the the volley for Kyrgios is a low one and a difficult one, and he puts it in the net. That's a difficult volley, but you know, Nick, he could make that. He needs to be, if he wants to beat Djokovic, he's going to have to make some difficult volleys. He knows that. 40-30 now. Djokovic deep return through the middle of the court. Jams Nick forehand inside in winner on the very next ball from Djokovic. I showed you that point in the opening film study on the returns. Now it's Deuce. How is Kyrgios mentally going to respond to four all Deuce after losing a 40 love lead? He double faults and he double faults going huge. It probably would have been an ace on this second serve. It would have been an ace up the tee, but he missed it. Double fault. Comes down to a lot of things. Comes down to, um, in large part, however, Kyrgios knowing that he's getting dominated from the baseline. Now, though, 
now Kyrgios has dropped four straight points on his serve. This is that serve plus backhand on forced error where he tried to smoke the ball, taking out his frustration, and it goes into net. And I, I didn't think his head was in that backhand. Break of serve for Novak. He serves out the third set. And there you have it for the third set. In the fourth set, I'll make quick mention of the fourth set tiebreak. Um, Nick started the fourth set tiebreak with a double fault, one of our themes. That was also a huge second serve. It was enormous. Oh, I think I might be confusing double faults. I don't know that that other one would have been an ace. This one would have definitely been an ace up the tee. This one was huge to start the tiebreak. Next two points, Kyrgios is neutralized on his first serve, on the next two first serves. He loses a long rally on the first one, and then he makes a first ball backhand cross court on forced error on the second one. So now Djokovic is up two mini breaks in this breaker. Um, he's up he's up 3-1 here, up two mini breaks. And Kyrgios has had three service points. He's made two first serves, but no serve plus one. No one returned serves. That's kind of an issue, right? That next point is the 4-1 point that I showed you, the forehand bailout. Now it's 5-1. That's pretty insurmountable. So what do we have here? We have a Nick double fault. We have Djokovic neutralizing Kyrgios's first serve. And then we have Nick getting frustrated and bailing out of a rally that he was right in and could have won. And his me his mental got in the way. Now it's 5-1. Pushy rally by Kyrgios. Again, just going to the backhand. Really soft to the backhand. Soft to the backhand over and over again. And uh, Kyrgios just pushes one long. So Djokovic outlasts him there. Now it's 6-1. Kyrgios does play. Uh, finally gets help out of his serve. It took until 6-1. He got a serve plus sitter forehand winner. He hit an ace at 6-2. Finally an unreturned serve. But if Kyrgios is going to have success against Novak like he did in the first set, what needs to happen? Must hit unreturned serves. Must get cheap points, right? Didn't do it until 6-2 in the fourth set breaker. Uh, Djokovic plays an excellent point on match point. 6-3. Really good control um, with the forehand. Down the line approach. Kyrgios nets the backhand pass. And Djokovic is Wimbledon champion. So, again, an a incredibly dynamic performance from Novak. And looking back at this Wimbledon, um, I will remember just the the lockdown performances the machine like consistency that he showed over and over again after going down two sets against Sinner after dropping the first set against Nori and dropping the first set yet again against Nick Kyrgios the way Djokovic responded and the tennis he played after that was so extraordinarily clean was robotically consistent and and flawless, nearly flawless um, in in every instance. It was mightily impressive, and he still has that grasp potency with the the improved spot serving 
and the comfortable transition game. His ground strokes work extremely well on the surface with the the flatness, the depth, the penetration, the speed, his ability to take time away, and nobody defends and moves as well as Novak on grass. So it is four straight Wimbledons for him. The last two in particular have felt have felt pretty clean, uh, pretty decisive. And do I feel like a lot of that is because the only person who can hold a candle to Novak on grass in the field is Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer in 2019, at least the 2019 version of him? Uh, Yes, I do think that's the reason. Nobody else is coming close. Nick tried his best. This was a very worthy performance by Nick Kyrgios as to say, I deserve to be in the final. If I will compare it to the last final, I thought he did, he made Novak a lot more uncomfortable than Berrettini was able to. I think Djokovic had to play better against Kyrgios to find success than he did against Berrettini. Dare I say far better. Um, So Kyrgios belonged in this final, but Nobody was going to touch Novak Djokovic. Now all eyes are, of course, on the North American hardcourt swing. And in Novak Djokovic's case, in large part, is he going to be able to play? Uh, Nadal also kind of question marks surrounding him. Uh, But there's going to be a lot of other interesting storylines to follow, um, including the fact that uh, Russians are going to be able to play again. Um, Anyway... Congratulations to Novak and his fans on a fantastic Wimbledon 2022. I hope you enjoyed the coverage here. Steve Flink interview coming up. Mailbag coming up. Hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next time. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.